You're listening to the Fixing the Fix podcast, the show that brings you personal stories about mental health and addiction, along with insight from experts in the field. I am your host, Heather Rhodes. Let's get started on today's episode. It's great to be back to Fixing the Fix with all of my listeners, and it's a great day to talk about communication in relationships, since this is so important and hopefully our relationships are important to us. I've learned over many years of getting it wrong myself and now having a desire to get it right, how important effective communication really is. How we treat people in our communication can cause lots of hurt and anger and pain, and it can also promote kindness and relieve unnecessary anxiousness when we really understand what's going on with someone else and the why behind what they're saying or how they're feeling about something. Have you ever been in a relationship with someone where just seeing their name pop up on your phone gives you anxiety because you've already had a history of really ineffective communication with this person? Maybe they come across angry or aggressive are passive aggressive, and there's already some hurt or resentment there. There are times in relationships like this, where there's been ongoing conflict to really set boundaries around talking with this person, not only for yourself, but for them, because it's not worth the ongoing hurt and bad feelings that will continue. If you are listening to name calling and blaming and judging. And these circumstances will just continue to demise the entire relationship. I would say it's important to let them know that you'll be willing to talk to them when they're talking to you in a calm voice and they're listening to what you have to say and that it's important to feel heard and understood. But if they're not willing to do that, there's really no sense in having ongoing communication with this person because it's not going to be helpful to either one of you. When you're feeling tension in your stomach and in your chest, this is your body's way of alerting you that something's not right here. And you need to be able to do something differently around that. It's important in circumstances also with times when we're texting back and forth with someone or emailing back and forth and the tone can get off or or the message is filled with confusion and you don't really understand what this person is trying to convey it's important to pick up the phone and actually have a conversation about it instead. Really listen and understand each other to effectively communicate. There are cases also where with clients over the years and that may be in recovery where their use of drugs or alcohol have done a lot of damage, not only to them, but to their relationships, because we know that 
not only is the person who's using substances, are they being affected, but also everyone around them is being affected in their relationships, whether that's their spouse, their kids, their coworkers, their employees, their employer. This affects all kinds of relationships and it will really affect how you say certain things and your meaning behind that. And I recommend with letters over time and in consistent recovery where those that care about you can really see that you're making a change. Letters can be a helpful way of clearing up miscommunication and re-engaging in the relationship that has been damaged. With most people in my life, and I'm sure you do too, you really understand usually how they're feeling. You know them well enough to realize when they're having a bad day. And I think it's really important to ask someone when you feel like the communication is off, you know, hey, what's going on? There's something different about you today. And I can tell in your voice or I can hear it. And is this a good time to talk? Or is there another time that would be better? And then, you know, after that, we just need to let it go. And we can't always fix circumstances around what someone else is dealing with. And it's not our responsibility to. But when they have a history of great communication and, you know, everybody has their days, this is bound to happen. So I believe it's important to give each other grace in this aspect. In my professional experience with clients, I've observed clients who really worry about what others or their family members might be thinking or might be wanting to communicate to them, especially when they're new into recovery. And there were a lot of hurt feelings, there are pain around different circumstances that they went through, and they just make up stories in their own head, I would say that are usually untrue. And In the counseling field, we call this cognitive distortions. And this is a distortive way of thinking that, you know, something is wrong that may really not be wrong. For instance, one day I had a man in a group that was a music therapy group. And this is where members of a group turn in a song with their lyrics, and then they speak about how the song affects them emotionally or speaks to them in their life in a certain way. And this gentleman had been processing a song, but then he had brought up that recently his son had sent him a song, and he was wondering what his son meant about it, and he had ruminated over it for several days. And he had made up his own story in his head that this must mean something negative toward him because there had been some strain in his relationship. And I simply asked him, well, why don't you ask him? 
why don't you just ask him, what did he mean by sending you this song? And he had never even considered asking his son what he meant by it. And he, it was like a light bulb went off for him. And he said, you know, that that's a really great idea. I'm going to ask him tonight. And I'd ask him to follow up with me and let me know how that conversation went and what he heard his son say about this. And it ended up really being no big deal. In fact, his son was just sending him the song because he thought it was good and he wanted him to listen to it. And so there are times when we overthink and make up our own stories in our head about what others are thinking. And we really don't know. And it's important to be direct and just ask for them to tell us, you know, what did you mean in this certain circumstance? And, you know, what were you feeling at that time? I encourage this gentleman to do it with his son. And I encourage you to do this also in your relationships Instead of spending so much time ruminating and worrying over other people's thoughts that are really out of your control. We do this all the time in relationships, unfortunately, and it can be really detrimental to our relationships for days or months or even years. And sometimes these circumstances are so negative and have become so big in our heads that we never get them resolved or talk about them. And, and we regret not having that chance. So I challenge you to stop creating a problem where there really may not be one and just ask. We have a tendency as human beings to make life harder than it has to be, especially in our relationships and poor communication which I believe would solve a huge percentage of negative feelings that persist like anger, sadness, resentment, guilt, and fear that ultimately turn into anxiety and depression and cause mental health issues just because of poor communication. So let's look at what does healthy communication really look like. We teach this in recovery, because most relationships have become so wounded between family members, friends, employers, and employees by the time they've made it, made the decision to enter into recovery, or rehab, that the repairing of relationships needs a lot of work. For most people, a new way of communication, it just feels odd in the beginning and really uncomfortable. It takes time and it takes practice. And I express to my clients that we all mess up, even with years of recovery, and we can always go back to that person and say, you know, what I said earlier didn't come out the way that I really wanted it to. Would it be okay to talk about the circumstance and our feelings around it again, and simply just ask for a redo? It's important to include feelings in these conversations as our feelings are so key to the process of healing. If you think back on disagreements you've had in the past, 
We don't always remember all the details anyway, or the circumstances very clearly. In many instances, there was yelling that was occurring, and both parties to the conversation were in an irrational state in their head. And I bet you remember times where you've been through this and felt that way. I know that I have. And in times like that, there's very little that can be resolved. And I believe that a cooling off period is necessary in order to resume healthy communication. So let's practice an assertive way of communicating. I'll use my teenager, for example. I have a teenager who's now driving, and you know that this is a difficult period of time because it's not only stressful for the teenager who's driving, and it's also exciting, but it's stressful on the parent too. So let's go through a scenario. My daughter is driving too fast, and I'm seeing lots of cars ahead further in front of us with their brake lights coming on. And as all parents do, I have the imaginary brake on my side of the car, and I'm pressing on it and hoping that she'll make a different decision and getting tense and scared inside because I know that when I'm not with her, a similar circumstance can occur. And we all want to protect our kids. So after seconds of going through all of that, I say to Miranda, you know, I'm feeling really scared right now. Do you see all of the lights ahead and the cars that have stopped? This means that you need to begin slowing down and not wait until you get right up on the other cars. Can you do that for me to help me feel better about riding with you and safer? And, you know, her response usually is yes. I didn't even realize that I needed to start slowing down this far back. She hasn't had the kind of experience that I've had as a new driver in a car. And I assume that that she may really understand and know. But her experience is different at this point than mine is. This is a good, calm teaching moment where both of us listened and understood each other and how we felt. In this same circumstance, when a parent who doesn't understand healthy communication skills, they may come across more nervous and anxious but they may also yell at their child and feel that they are in danger, which they probably are, and they fear for their child as well. But yelling is just going to put everyone more on edge and anxious, and it's not going to really solve anything because, again, this is a learning experience And we both need to understand the why behind what we're thinking, feeling, and doing. Parents who communicate this way with their children cause them to shut down and to not want to engage with them or listen. I mean, who wants to be yelled at and made to feel uncomfortable, anxious, and stressed out? 
I don't believe that anybody really does. I know that I don't like that. Instead, you can do something different and try something different next time, like pointing out to that person, you know, what they're doing and how this is making you feel. Another example is with a significant other, and they say something that feels really disrespectful to you. And, you know, this hurts and this happens. So you shut down and you don't say anything about it or how it made you feel and sweep it under the rug. And you don't ask them what they meant by what they said or why they said that. So nothing really gets resolved in this way. This causes the relationship to move further apart and it becomes filled with feelings of sadness and anger and resentment. And over years, this can erode the foundation of the relationship. Instead, it's important to speak up for yourself and maybe say something like, when you told me that my goal was going to be impossible and that I should just give up on it now because it wasn't going to work, it made me feel like you don't have any faith in me to be able to accomplish something that is really important to me. And then ask for what you need and let them know that they are the most important person in your life and more than anything, you need their support and ask them if they would be willing to support you in your goals and your future endeavors. And if not, I suggest maybe asking why that's difficult for them are to tell you more about how they're feeling and why they reacted this way. This kind of exchange opens up dialogue that has the opportunity to turn into a really meaningful conversation where there is an honest exchange of feelings that bring vulnerability into the relationship and giving the person that you care about a chance to be heard, understood, and validated. This communication style is considered assertive and to the point. And we don't have to guess or wonder what someone else is thinking and make up some crazy story in our heads that this is what they must have meant when it's really not the truth and could put a wedge in our relationship. I want to ask you to become more willing to practice assertive communication and go back and think about relationships that can be fixed by just asking, when you said that, what did you mean? Or what was your thought process behind that at the time? What were you feeling maybe? I want to understand more about that. I want to understand more about you. And let them know that they're worth it to you. And more than anything, your relationship with them is worth it. And you want them to feel cared about and loved and understood as you want that in your life too. I urge you not to live with any regrets of not being able to go deeper in your relationships because you fear being open and vulnerable and hurt. Being vulnerable and open at the risk of being hurt is a really beautiful place to be. So I hope that you will take from this a way to 
engage in a different way in your relationship that is able to help you to fix your communication style and your relationships with others. Thanks for joining us this week on Fixing the Fix podcast. Be sure to visit our website, fixingthefix.com, where you can follow the podcast on Apple or your favorite podcast platform, so you'll never miss a show. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. And remember to take care of yourself and don't lose hope. We are here to help you fix your fix.